Hey everyone, it's Andrew from Auto Off Topic. We are redoing the coloring contest. It is now new and improved thanks to our listener, Frank Eck. He has gone out of his way to secure some awesome sponsors and some really cool prizes. So we're going to use the same coloring book that is located uh, pinned to the top of our Facebook page. Uh, and that's... I'm not going to. I'm not going to read the URL because it's easier just to go to our Facebook page. You can like it, and you can see it right on top. So it's Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook.com. So you can complete one page in any of three mediums, and those are electronic, using like Photoshop, Paint type programs, colored pencil, marker, and/or crayon, with one entry being counted per medium per person. So each individual can have a total of three entries. There will also be two age groups, age 15 and below, and 16 on up. Electronic entries, including scanned entries, can be sent to autooptopicpodcast at gmail.com. Paper copies can be sent by snail mail to autooptopicpodcast contest, and that's P.O. Box 35, Georgetown, Mass., 01833. And please note, all hard copies will not be returned. So the contest is going to run through November 30th so that we can get the prizes out by Christmas. And as the contest continues, more prizes will be added. Updates will be able to be seen here at the contest Facebook page, which will be facebook.com forward slash AOTP contest 2017. And I believe we have also reposted that to our Facebook page. So let me run down some of the awesome sponsors we have right now. We have Mitsubishi Motors USA. Amazing. Adventure Driven Design. Northeast Mitsubishi 4x4. Mitsubishi Montero's uh, Owners Group USA. Florida Mitsubishi 4x4. Mitsu Nation on Facebook. Force Performance and Palladian trucks. So all of these sponsors have donated some cool stuff like t-shirts, stickers, plate frames, lanyards, all neat little sort of grab bag type prizes. Nothing too big, but all really, really cool stuff. Things that, you know, you like to stick stickers on your toolbox, on your truck, on your car. You know, it's cool to have a, I always like to have lanyards, all that kind of stuff. T-shirts are always great. You got to show off your Mitsubishi pride. So you should definitely check out those Facebook groups. Check out uh, those vendors like Adventure Driven Design and Force Performance and Palladian Trucks. And absolutely uh, support Mitsubishi Motors USA because we'd like them to keep building cars here in the U.S. Or selling cars and providing parts for us because we really obviously like their vehicles anyway on to the show i mean yeah that's a good point. No, i think what the I... um i think the volvo had it i think there's pictures of it with the, the orange one. wagon no the silver one oh, the silver coupe it had to be the silver one but because... then what'd you trade in for the, for the blazer i bought the blazer without a trade-in oh. that was 89 oh so there's some gap in between there because when did you sell the 88 
89 gonna come out in 88 I think so yeah. yeah I remember going to the dealership for that anyway alright ready Ready. yeah alright so welcome to episode 34 of Auto Op Topic I'm your host Andrew and I'm your other host Brad and we've got a special guest tonight uh, we've got my dad, Anthony. Why do we have your dad as guest tonight? Because it's uh, last week was Father's Day, so we're going to do a Father's Day episode. This is part one. Yes, and if Andrew's dad is here for part one, yeah. we're going to leave it up to the audience to you know decide who part two might be. Yes. I think most people will get that. Yeah. So, Tony, how are you doing today? Great, great. It's nice to be here in the auto off-top, auto off-topic podcast studio. Yes. Thanks for having me. Otherwise known as your son's basement. Yes. Oh, well, I wasn't going to give that away. Everybody knows. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. All right. We're, we're amateurly professional. Yep. So you may, you can vote also if you want to have me back. Nope. Can't do that. No. no. That's up. That's ultimately up to us. This is definitely a dictatorship. So, okay. Unless Tony wants to make his own poll where he can put it up and say, hey, do you guys want to have me back or not? But we will not host that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we. I'm sure people will like it. More than likely, you'll be back. Maybe even before next Father's Day, if you're lucky. <laughs> I hope so. So, uh, we're going to skip some of the regular stuff we do. So we're going to take up too much time. A couple of things because we're talking to Tony. Yep. Um, but I guess I don't know. We can get right into it, right? Well, we can give our introductions as to who Tony is to us. Tony is obviously your father. Yes. So you were born into knowing him. Yep. Um, Andrew, for those who don't know, grew up across the street from me. Um, So I was also pretty much born into knowing Tony because my parents owned the house across the street from him. Um, And if it wasn't for Tony, we wouldn't have the clunk buckets that we have today. Not that he inspired our taste in clunk buckets, but he has enabled us to keep them running by offering his incredible mechanical services and yes. garage. Yes. And his usually enthusiastic response to help in working on them. So sometimes not so enthusiastic, but usually enthusiastic response to helping work on them. Yep. So he's definitely encouraged our bad habits of old cars. Otherwise, maybe we would have to drive reliable new Corollas. That's right. So that's that. That is Tony. He is special to us for those reasons, and he's genuinely a nice guy. Yes. So, as dads go, he's like dad number two for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys go back a long way. I can remember the first. One of the things that sticks out in my mind is when I, I built a garage, and I had the, uh, it was just a foundation basically sticking up out of the ground about twelve inches, and then, they poured the floor, the concrete floor, in the morning, and that evening. Brad and Andrew were out there racing their uh, RC cars all over the floor in the garage. It was like, an awesome, huge, smooth surface. That's and right. I was like, wow, pretty expensive uh, track for their cars, but that's all right. You know, that's what it was all all about. And it's it's grown into uh, other things now, you know, with the cars oh, yeah. coming that was, in. It definitely started before then, but that was definitely a I, – I remember that day very well, actually. Because I think that they were uh, – were they Kyosho Minisies? No, they're 110 scale oh, Tamayas. We weren't into the Kyosho Minisies yet. No, probably not. It was before that. They no. They were the front-wheel drive Tamayas. The cars. FF02s. Yep. FF01s, weren't they? No, they are were O2s. O2s? Yeah. Either way, they were early ones. Mine was the uh, the Toyota 
Toyota something. Yeah. Karina, Toyota Karina racing sedan, and you had a Volvo probably. Uh huh. So is your phone near the mic cord? It is because it's charging. Buzzing. Is it buzzing? Oh, yeah. it's probably gonna die, but I'll unplug it. I'll take one for the team here. Sorry about that. It's all right. The um no, it was uh I and I had the Tamiya the eight fifty. Yeah, I remember that because the floor was poured, and the concrete foundation around the floor was poured, and. So it was really cool because the surface was super smooth, but if you screwed up, that was a pretty big wall to hit at a pretty high rate of speed, and <laughs> yep. the cars would definitely break. So that was definitely a fun time. Yeah, it was a big area, though, 32 by 42, so. And then you would, you know, put a roof on it and put cars in it and tools, and now we can't do that anymore. Right. No, just fix cars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now you got big cars in there. That's true. That's true. Graduated up. Although currently, for one of the first times ever, it's nothing I own is in there. Yeah. Usually one of my old crap cans is in there. Thank you, Tony. Your engine. Your engine's on <laughs> the stand. I do have an engine in there, yep. Okay. <laughs> so we don't have to say your age, but... Older than Andrew. Yes. How many years have you been working on cars? Do you know? Well, I had an interest. As soon as I could uh, walk, I was... I remember walking to the window at the house where he lived. I lived on a very busy street. And I'd be looking out the window at the cars and trucks and buses going by, and I was fascinated. It's like, wow. And then, you know, I used to watch my father drive this car. It's 50 Chevy and with a three-speed in the column and, you know, think about, gee, how's this thing moving? What's making it work? And I was always fascinated by, by you know, cars and mechanical things. And, and I'd always, uh, you know, when I learned how to read, I would go get to the to the library and, and uh, everything I can get my hands on to read and, you know, work on things. I used to work on all the kids' bicycles in the neighborhood, have them all torn apart in front of my house with my father's tools and all up and down the sidewalk. And and then I graduated to cars and, uh, you know, just, it, you know, just fascinated me. And then I wanted to, then uh, um, I, well, I ended up working on buses for my career which would just be cars. So I kind of drifted away from the cars, pardon the pun. And then, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, these guys brought me back, you know, with the uh, older cars and stuff. And and one thing I'll say is, you know, when when you get two people like you, you also bring your friends around. Yeah. And you have a lot of friends who have the same interest. And, uh, you know, I always enjoyed working with everybody and, Helping them out, and you know, you know, I, st- I can name names, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, I get. Let's see, Joey, his brother Tim. Yep. Uh, Joe, um, Jordan, uh, Adam was there the other day. Oh yeah. Keith. Yeah. Um, let me know if I miss anybody. Uh, uh, you, don't, you don't name all the names. It's okay. Most most of our audience doesn't know them, so yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's a long list of uh, hangers around. Yeah, and I'm meeting new people now every day. You know, uh, Joey sent another guy up the other two weeks ago. Uh, his name is Richie, and uh, Richie put a uh, he's got he had a uh, 1980 Mustang Fox body, and he put an LS engine in it, and he was having a little trouble with it, so. Uh, Joey says, yeah, go up and see Tony. He'll help you out. So I didn't hear about this. Yeah. It was a Saturday night, and uh, it was late at night. He says, well, we can't run the, the car in the driveway or the garage because it will disturb, you know, my wife and the neighbors. So we just discussed. My uh, mom and dad. 
Yeah, you know, mom and dad. <laughs> and, you know, we, because uh, it was, you know, summertime, the wall of windows are open. So we had uh, a nice long discussion about LS engines. I learned more about LS engines in that one hour than I, I have, in a, you know, ever, you know, because I'm learning the new engine stuff, you know, the LS stuff. So, you know, having. So to throw this down the road a little bit, are you. Uh looking to swap an LS in something now? Well, actually, yes. I mean, if, if one of us has a project that, you know, we provide the engine and the funds, do <laughs> you want to you experiment with this? Because I can think of a half a dozen cars I want to put an LS in. Yeah. Actually, yesterday I had the uh, Miata out. We, we have a 1991 uh, Miata. I had that out, and I went to a shop. And there's a uh, in the building, there's a young man that has another shop, and he, he's... Uh, well known for putting LS engines in everything. He'll put he'll put them in a shopping cart, and he spotted the Miata and he started you know making me offers to buy it because it wasn't you know high enough. But he he right. wants it. He wants that car. He wants to put an LS in it. No, that car's too nice. And uh, you know he's he's you know he said his wife wants it, but he wants to do an LS in it. So I was talking to him about it how how we would do it. You know what kind of transmission, rear end, suspension, Probably stuff a like T5. that. And T yeah and. Uh, you know, and he said, I said, do they have kits to do that? He said, yeah, they do, but I don't need them. I can fab everything up, you know, because he's done it before. Hmm. But uh, that was pretty interesting. Well, I can't so, wait to see this LS Mustang. I didn't even hear the story until right now. This is a new one on me. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. No, yeah. That's a neat car. Yeah, Richie, he's uh, did a nice job on it. You know, he's he's really, he's sounds like he's a pretty good mechanic. You know who it is. I'll tell you who it is afterwards. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He and, listens. Uh, oh, yeah, I think I know who it is already. Yeah, yeah he's, right. he's going to be listening. I didn't know that car existed. Yeah, yeah, just like put it together this spring. I think that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. You know, he was literally. I was talking to him about different things to check on the car. It wasn't running right for him, and I was, you know, throwing some things out. And he was going out there in my driveway, tearing it apart. I'm like, "Whoa, what are you doing? Take it easy." <laughs> you know, but uh, he finally sorted it out. You know, he figured it out. You know, we kind of put our heads together. And uh, basically, uh, the right-hand bank wasn't really putting out the way it should. And uh, he he had a, th- a thought, you know, maybe the O2 sensor. And he was right. You know, he changed the O2 sensor. I talked to him uh, yesterday, and the thing runs great now. So That's funny because he's a, speaking of Miatas, he's a former Miata guy too. Was he? Yeah. If it's the same, if it's who I'm thinking of. I know he had a BRX, and I know he had a several of them. I think I know he had, he had a, a bunch, bunch of cars Hondas, over yeah. the years. He's yeah. a, he's a lot a, of Hondas. Yeah, so, I remember he had a Miata, but yeah, car guy like us. Yeah, uh, that's cool though. I didn't know he built an LS Mustang, and uh, it's funny because I know I follow him on Instagram, and I haven't seen pictures of that. Oh, either. really? Yeah, yeah he posted it there. Huh. Yeah, that's you must have missed it. I must have missed it somehow. Just pictures of his tree life, and then uh, and then Joey, he's he's uh, we built a Mustang with you know him and I. Well, him and oh yeah, that goes one, way back. Yeah, the '79 Fox Body. No, '89 Fox Body. Was it, it was a 90. Was it a 90? Yeah. I thought it was a 79. No, it definitely was not a 79. It was no, a late model. It's an airbag steering wheel and the composite headlights. It was a 90. It was the same as the first one. Okay. The one okay. you rolled over. Yeah. Yeah, he had one before, which you rolled over. Then he got this one, and he, uh, you know, took it apart. He wanted to build it all up, so he we built an engine for it and did all the suspension and stuff and all that, and it took a while, but... Um, Tony's being a little modest when he says they built the suspension and all that because this was a full, like, tubular front structure. It was all Maxim Motorsports um, stuff. With, like, external reservoir coilovers, and it was a pretty ridiculous car. It wasn't just a, you know, a couple new struts and springs <laughs> and call it a day. It was, no, was it, it was a 331-stroker. 
347. 347. 347. Yeah. yeah. And then it had. Those are the three link rear end. Yeah. Maximum Motorsports. Maximum right? Motorsports, three link rear end, the yeah. tubular K member in the front. They, they Were they Bilsteins? Probably. I, yeah, they were coilovers. They ended up being coilovers. Yeah, they were coilovers. They were like a remote reservoir coilover. They were ridiculous setup in this car. There was, some, there was a serious build on this car. Yeah, there was. Steel fender flares. It was an awful car. Yeah, disc brakes in the rear because it, you know, originally had uh, drums and. Oh, yeah, it had Cobra brakes in the front. Uh, fuel cell. I'm trying to think of the, the fuel pump, electric fuel pump system and all that. So it looks like the smoke and tire car, but way before that. Yeah, yeah. it's like 15 years before that. Yeah. But it's the same kind of steel over fenders. And it was a hatchback instead of an hatchback. Yeah. But, yeah, that so. That car was amazingly cool. But I, only him, got, I only got to drive it, like, down the street, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it was very loud. <laughs> My neighbors complained. So, uh. And not my mom and dad. No, the no, other neighbors. The other neighbors. <laughs> yeah, which rightfully so. She was, she was right. And uh, but yeah, we, him and I have done a lot of. You know, well, him and I and, and you guys, we've we've done a lot of stuff together. And um, we worked on this Crown Vic a few weeks ago. We got the AC going. He he picked up a Crown Vic, uh, two thousand five. It was um, not really a police car, but it was kind of. A, it was like a sergeant car. Yeah, it was, it so, was yeah, the most civilian police car you can get. I think it was used by a school department. School department, yeah. yeah, out in the western part of the state. But and, it had a police uh, package on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading my notes here. It's uh, you know V V8 uh, 4.6, and um, the AC wasn't working. I said, "Oh, we can fix that." So, uh, notoriously, Ford in their infinite wisdom, there's a piece called an accumulator tank in the system, and they made it out of right. steel. So it rusts. And it rusts out. Yep. You know, I noticed it the first day he got, you know, first time he brought it over, we put it on the lift and we were looking it over. And I could see the uh, the green dye coming out of it. And I said, aha, you got a leak there. So, you know, we immediately went after that. And he got the uh, a new, you know, accumulated tank. And it was aluminum. So we put that in and uh, put my vacuum pump on it and, you know, evacuated it, recharged it. And it works pretty good. I had it out the other day in the in the warm weather. I was driving it around like a... You know, and enjoying it, and, and the, you know, reaping the benefits. Like an undercover cop, yeah, accelerating quickly through every yeah. light in town. Yeah. Then you know, un- unbeknownst to me, you know, I was parked in a supermarket parking lot here in town, and and I noticed a police cruiser. You know, I looked in my rearview mirror. There's a police cruiser behind me, and he's sitting here. And we figured out. You know, I confronted with Joey, and he, uh, the cop was running the plates. You know, checking it and all that. I'm like, wow, okay. And, you know, Joey says they do that routinely. They check for uh, stolen cars and expired stuff like that and or, you know, whatever. And so when I got home, I noticed there was no front plate on it. Jeez, like, uh-huh. oh, you know, it could have got me arrested. I don't, I don't think you're going to get arrested for no front plate, Tony, but... Uh... Yeah. yeah. So. You, you can't get a ticket in the state, unfortunately. Yeah, actually, I gotta get, I gotta get a bracket for the Galant because yeah, I got need, I got a ticket for that one. That needs an inspection next month, and they won't give it to you without a front plate. Right, and the bracket broke. I gotta order uh, a new one. You can tape it on for an inspection if you had to. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like putting it on. It's it's easier. Be a legal beagle. Yeah. So then, uh, currently, we're working on uh, Joe's car, his Subaru. Yep. We uh, we talked about that the past couple weeks in the podcast. The valve, the yeah. uh, exhaust valve that uh, overheated and broke right right so the heads are all being worked on as we speak right now yeah, so i get those out uh he's going to replace all the exhaust valves machine shop yep uh nice. we'll put put yeah. it back motor back together and put the motor back yeah he'll car. leave the cam seals out for me or yeah. for us because those plastic timing covers have to go back behind everything and then you gotta put the cam, well, cam gears seal. on oh okay that's right too yeah 
that all has to go on first. Did you mention the uh, valve cover bolt? It's got to be tapped. Uh, I forgot to, but... Hopefully he'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure he looked them over. If not, I can just... Yeah, we can tap it anyway. Just No, I can just have him do it yeah. when I go pick him up. Give him, give him a call tomorrow. Remind yeah. him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then we found the special tools online. He knew picked them up uh, to hold the sprockets. For the cam sprockets? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we don't have to do the... When we, well, yeah, you, don't can't, have to, you can't torque them right with the tiny yeah. belt. You yeah, can break them free, too. but... Yeah. Yeah, you want to have those bolts torqued you wouldn't, properly. You wouldn't get a good torque reading because the belt would be moving. The Snap-on guy comes on Wednesdays. I forgot to bring that socket again. Oh, yeah, that's all set. I, I got that. I got that. Oh, you got a new one already? Yeah, okay. I have. I have a friend that's a Snap-on dealer. Also, took care of that. Um, so yeah, we're working on that. And uh, Brad's truck. We got to look at the air conditioner. Um, yep, more AC talk. We yeah. we. Uh, we got to check the clutch on the compressor, and it's for some reason it's not kicking in. So it could right. be anything from a fuse or a relay or a bad clutch. No, it's or not, it's not the fuse. I'll tell you that. Okay, uh, low pressure switch. A very very strong possibility. Yep. I was told. Check those. And no, uh, that's Audis all day long. The low pressure switch. Yeah, when the condenser it, goes. Well, I know I already did the first thing. It was um, it was a little. It was about fifty percent full. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Yeah. Very full. Okay. Um, which will be enough to not kick the compressor on. Right. So I actually have already um, evacuated the system, filled it, and then sucked any moisture out of it, and it didn't work. So it's something else, unfortunately. But at least it's nice and full now. Yeah. So hopefully we don't have to break it. And Well, it needs this switch. It needs a reading from the switch to tell it to kick on. Because right, which is why when it's low, it won't kick on. Right. So it was low, so I was hoping so it was. So when it was low, it, it might have been cycling more than it should have been. And it, it, Overheated it could the switch. Have, it could have damaged the yeah. switch. And it normally, that's the way those systems work. It's it's called a clutch cycling switch, basically. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to look so at that. Hopefully it's inexpensive, and that's what it is, because... Yeah, it's easy to change. You don't even you don't have to uh, discharge the system because uh, there's a Schrader valve and you just unscrew it. It's like a tire valve. Oh, excellent! You just unscrew it, put the new one on, hook it, hook it back up. Yeah, I don't usually own cars with air conditioning, so I don't know much about yeah. repairing air conditioning because you know. Yeah. The Dodge Colts don't have them. No. Let's roll the windows down. Yep. Yeah. We well, two fifty-five AC. Yeah. Exactly. Two windows down, fifty-five miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, air conditioning and electrical and engines—that's that's my forte. I like oh, working yeah. on that stuff, and you know, and I, I have learned anything a, but bodywork. <laughs> yeah, I've I've dabbled in bodywork a little bit. You know, not really. You know, I'm, I'm more of a me- mechanical guy. You know, but I, I like to which do, is why I always thought that you and my dad should go open business together. You do the mechanics, he does the bodywork. He's a body man. You guys could restore everything on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've but, did, you're, but you're both, you know. Not into it enough anymore. <laughs> well, we could we could get into it. Yeah, um, I think so. What was I going to say? Yeah, but I, I have learned a lot from you guys, you know, working on these cars and the older cars. I've learned a lot about uh, Mishibitsis from Andrew. I said how to pronounce the word, apparently. Yeah, I know. I'm, from now on, I'm going to say I'm going to say Diamond Star. Okay? No, nope. That's only the Talons, the Eclipses, and Lasers. Well, the rest of them are Mitsubishi. We uh, made you all buy all these metric tools. Yeah, it's true too. Yeah, I've learned how to read their schematics and their books, and and uh, you know interpret them and and how they do things, and you know it's pretty decent stuff. And you know, we we have uh, we've worked on Andrew's Talon. Um, basically, he brought that home in, in bits and pieces and put it back together. We built. It was one solid car. It just needed to be all taken apart. 
Yeah. Yeah, that car, it ran and drove. It just needed to be fixed up. Initially, it ran and drove. No, there was no clutch. It needed CV axles. Was it CV? I thought it was a clutch. Yeah. No, it was yeah. CV axles. I remember doing the wheel bearings at first, you know, the, in the beginning. Yeah, because they were worn out. Yeah, I had to take them to a shop that I was working with, a bus shop, and I remember trying to press the uh, the axle out. It was like horrendous. It was it was really locked in there, but we got the hubs rebuilt, and and we went through another set of bearings in that thing too. I remember, but and well, that was ten years <clears throat> later, yeah, and like thirty thousand miles. So yeah, a lot of sitting time though. Yeah, so. yeah. But then it then uh, at one point it, it needed an engine, so we built up an engine for it, and uh, you know which was thirteen years ago now. And then yeah. a transmission. Yeah. No, the transmission. That was the same year. Yeah. Was it the same year? Yeah, did it, it needed, or did you just put it in for, mm. was that in the wear? Mm. It needed it. <laughs> we can't say too much. Andrew's dad's here. We don't want to get him grounded. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I know what happened. <laughs> I don't remember what happened. We'll talk about it later, I guess. I'm, I'm used to seeing failures like that, and I know why it happens. Um, and then the Gallant, remember the Gallant? We had to go to, oh, that was we, we took a trip to Connecticut that yep. first, first night to look at it. It was a Monday night and we were looking at it in the guy's driveway, you know, in the dark and there was no engine in it. The guy had, he was using it for racing and he pulled the engine out and, you know, you guys were all excited over it. And I'm like thinking, oh my God, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> what are they getting us into? <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, the, the body was solid. That's why. Yeah. It didn't need any body work. At all. Still doesn't. So then uh, we, we rented a U-Haul truck and a trailer and went down and got, uh, got it on a, on the weekend and uh, loaded it up and drove it home. Well, I drove the truck home. You guys followed me in another yeah. car. Didn't I drive the truck home? No. No. I took the stereo. No. You guys followed. Oh, I had the stereo. That's yeah, right, Yeah, you too. guys were in another car. You didn't want to ride with me, right? And uh, I remember uh, pulling into a rest area, and there was gas leaking out of this car. I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, that's right, too. <laughs> we got to get out of here. And because uh, the, the travel all in Connecticut, this yeah. guy had this guy had this thing all torn apart. So anyway, we got it home. It had like three quarter inch shoe lines at the back. Of yeah, it, I yeah. It was, so I still have to swap that tank. I want to do that later this summer. So we, you got a you got a block somewhere, an engine. I forget. And then, I got it from a guy I worked back. with. Yeah, the tan parts car. Okay, for super cheap because it came with the transmission and the engine. But the engine spun number one rod bearing. I don't know anything about that. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I had to. I had to crank. Uh, that's why he parked that car, and that's why he sold it to me for so cheap because it was spun. Motor. Yeah. So we knew that, and we took it apart, and yeah, he had the crank. Yeah. Ground down, and then welded back up. Yeah. Did we bore that block out? I I can't remember. I think a little bit, a maybe little bit, one yeah. over. Yeah, we had the the block board. You had a head though for it, I believe. It came with a head. It was all complete. Okay, the head was all set, and then. Uh, the crank I had to have uh, we they uh, spray welded it or something and built it up and then rebuilt the the uh, journal and uh, reground it so we used that crank and then um, yeah then they sized there. the bearings right and then they did the we did we plastic gauged them afterwards yeah to check it and, and it was all set but the smart thing you did was you left it stock you know because unlike the talon you put some hot cams in the talon. And uh, a bigger turbo, I remember, and it was a little hard to tune. It was driving me nuts, you know, because, but anyway, the t- the Gallant come out nice, you know, it was smooth. And he left a balance shaft in it. Uh, you know, I learned about balance shafts from that. 50% of our listeners just went, why? Yeah. <laughs> it just work. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know, it's a nice car. And then 
And then we got the AC running and he rounded up all the parts. You know, he went hunting, which is what he's good good at. He went. That's what he's good for. You're going to say it. I heard it. You yeah. know, and, you know, he, uh, you know, I don't want to say, you know, he, he rounded up all the parts, the, the hard lines and the hoses. We got a new compressor for it. And because yeah, we had a new OEM condenser, like the last, the last one in existence. Yeah. Wow. Gee, I didn't know that. So we had to uh, convert it from 12 to 134A. And uh, that was basically the first car I ever did like that. So we flushed out the system and put the new compressor on it with the proper oil for 134A, got it running, and, you know, it worked out pretty good. It still works. works. And then Andrew drove it to Texas in the hot heat, and it was very comfortable the whole time because he had air conditioning. Now, the the other day, remember that OEM fan failed in it like a year ago? Yep. We put that. We tried. It was an experiment, the $30 eBay one. Yeah, the cheap one. It works okay. But the other day when it was real, real hot. Yeah, temperature started creeping up a little bit. Yeah, and and it's funny because I wasn't running the AC. I was actually sitting because sometimes I don't like it. I just was driving around in traffic with the windows windows down. down. And that's when it started to heat up. But as soon as you turn the AC on because it clicked on the second fan, it 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 actually cooled it off more. Which is funny because some cars run hotter with the AC on. Yeah. So that's interesting. Well, with the additional fan. Yeah, that makes a big difference. We're going to have to look for a... An actual quality, like a spall, like a motorsports fan. Speaking of which, we're going to need to put some kind of fan, I think, on the blue Colt radiator. Well, did you have that radiator? should have that taken out and cleaned. Yeah, maybe get a record or something. Yeah, yeah it's probably clogged up with stuff. I don't know. It's getting annoying because it's getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. I do have a, I have a brass radiator left over for that Gallant. For the Gallant. You haven't put it in yet, yeah. yeah. So what else on the Gallant? There was... So have we missed anything? You did a lot of wiring on that. Oh yeah, because the wiring yeah, piece, the wiring. Oh, idea. Yeah, yeah, that guy had the wiring all hacked up. Oh, it was awful. Hopefully he doesn't listen. And then uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Wire nuts. Wire nuts. Yeah, and stuff was house oh, wiring. Was awful. Wire yep. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Stuff was hand twisted together. Yeah. So we, you know, any time we had to make a connection, it was uh, like uh, crimp, solder, heat shrink. You know. Yeah, that was one of my most. Um, I guess, impressed with moments when the build of that whole car was when Andrew made that whole new harness for the car. He laid out the whole harness and redid all the connections and pretty much built a new harness for the car. Well, yeah. I just did it like, I do like one or two connectors a night. Yeah, And I bought a new. second harness. To have all the right stuff. To have all the right stuff. But then come to find out there is a guy that I got those connectors from that now it now supplies them. So. Yeah, but five years ago he probably didn't. Yeah. So... Or yeah. even more than five years yeah. ago. It's probably... How long ago was that now? Uh, it was 2011, 2012. Jesus. Okay, yeah. So it was a long time ago. The car's got 30,000 miles on it now. On the build? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So um, we know where your interest in cars came from. Well, I inherited it from my father. No, you didn't, right? Or you did? Yes. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, so yeah. he, was, he was into cars. He, okay. Yeah, well, he was a mechanic, and in the, he was in World War II, and he worked on airplanes and stuff like that. And, you know, so he, it was, it's in my blood. It's in our blood, you know, so. Well, how did he, do you know how he got started or? Just in his blood, you just know. A, you know. Some he, people are just like that. Yeah, you know. His grandfather used to wrench on horse and buggies. <laughs> yeah, it's not that far removed from that. So what, uh, what kind of official training did you have before you went into the business? Did you just start doing it for a job in high school? Did you have legitimate training before you started working on cars or was it just kind of you trained as you went along read books um like i said and you know anything i got my hands on and you know 
took things apart and made sure I could get them back together. And, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of work on my father's car. You know, he had a, a 15 inch Chevy wagon. I remember rebuilding the carburetor on that and the generator and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, he, he'd be like, you know, don't screw it up. I need that to get to work, but <laughs> you know, it worked out. And then they used to go over to the local junkyards and get parts for it. And I kind of, you know, upgraded some things to it. I added a clock to it. I remember, and you know, he, uh, he came in, you know, it was, it never had a clock. It was, and he looked and he said, Oh, where'd that come from? I said, I put it in, you know, being a, you know, 14 year old kid, you know, basically I used to go over there with my bicycle and my toolbox and stuff like that. Um, so when you started working on, on vehicles professionally, was that like high school age or after college or, uh, probably the senior year in high school, I, uh, Actually, a friend of mine and I were working on the teacher's cars. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we, we would take a teacher's car out during the day and, and do a brake job or a tune-up and, uh, you know, bring it back. And that's kind of how we got through some of our courses because we hated high school. I, you know, I, I didn't like it, and I wanted a wrench and all that. So It's also in your blood. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then he started working um, for uh, the local bus company here. Is this who I assume it is? No, you don't. You never met him. Oh, okay, I, I didn't know if you did this with uh, your good friend or not. Who I know, but who, apparently not. Who's that? Lenny. No. Okay. No. No. Lenny's another story. He's fun, you know. But um, <laughs> no, he uh, he was working over there at the bus company, and you know, he said to me, uh, "Geez, you ought to come down and check these things out." And so I went down one night, and and him and his boss were trying to change the front springs on on uh, his boss's Chevy Caprice. And they were both scratching their head, you know, how are we going to do this? I said, come on. So I grabbed, you know, I, so we did the job, the three of us. And the end of the night, you know, we're cleaning up. And his boss was like, hey, would you like a job? And I said, I don't know about buses. He said, nah, don't worry about it. They're just big cars. So I got a job there and I started working on those things. And, you know, it's pretty interesting and all that, you know, amazing uh, technology. So I worked there for uh, for 10 years. Then I finally went to school. I went to uh, East Coast Aerotech. Which is an airframe school, right? Yeah, a mechanic for uh, airplanes, airframe and power plant. So I went there. That was an 18-month uh, course. And uh, so I had an advantage over most of the guys there. You know, I had already been working stuff and uh, had a lot of experience and a passion. So um, when... When I started out, there was like probably 60, 65 people in the first day. And as we went along, people were dropping out. So by the end, there was like 35 people. And I ended up graduating number one out of 35 people, you know, out of all those people. Excellent. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. Yeah. Based on your mechanical skills and knowledge. Nope. So you were yeah. pretty much self-taught up to that point, though. Yes. There was no official training of any kind. Nope. Which is I impressive remember. based on... You know, everything you've done. Even when I was working at the bus shop, you know, initially I would see books, you know, shop manuals. I'd grab them, bring them home, read them, <laughs> come back with them. And, you know, I'd be spewing out all this information. They'd be looking at me like, how do you know that? And I said, I, I read the manual. <laughs> well, to this day, you're the only person I know who's like, it has an encyclopedic knowledge of buses. 
like what brands they are. Oh, you haven't been to a bus what, rodeo. What? Yeah, well, yeah, I know. I've heard about the bus rodeos. You know what brands they are, what years they were by looking at them. You know what model name with what engine, and it's it's pretty impressive. Like everything that you know, Andrew and I can spot off about like you know DSMs and Galants. You know about you know forty years. Oh, if you watch a, movie, a, a period movie with him, and they have the wrong year bus in it. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> well, I'm that way with cars. Right. But I don't know anybody else that way with buses other than you. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, last night on Facebook, you know, I, I follow <laughs> a bunch of things on what do they call posts on Facebook? Yeah, sure, posts, threads, oh, whatever. Threads. There was one guy. He come up and he's got this uh, this. This bus and the engine was not running right. It was electronic, uh, electronically controlled. So people are spewing out all these uh, suggestions. I'm like, oh my god, they're, they're way out in left field. So I, I put out a bunch of suggestions to him, and you know that was it. And then this morning he posted, oh gee, I fixed it. You know that that guy was right. I did find some broken wires, and you know I, I only had uh, you know. How many six or five or six cylinders running on on instead of eight and all that? So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know. And well, you you fixed a lot of like tour buses and stuff in the past, big motor coaches, right? Because you worked for the motor coach companies for a while. I worked Eagle, I worked, Eagle. I worked for three manufacturers actually. Eagle, uh, another company called Prevo, and they're famous for their big fancy motorhomes. Did you work in the Madden Cruiser once or something? That was the MCI. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madden Cruiser. Everybody, everybody knows that Madden is afraid to fly, so he takes a bus everywhere. Well, he's not afraid to fly. He doesn't like to fly. He's claustrophobic. Oh, okay. See, people don't know that about him. Oh. See, that's why he took the has his, had his own bus. But it's cool yeah. that you, you got to wrench on you know the Madden Cruiser ones. Yeah, yeah. I worked <laughs> on uh, Johnny Cash's bus, and when I worked for Eagle. A lot of the entertainment. They like the Eagles, right? They they love the Eagles because they rode nice. They actually had a, a rubber torsion bar suspension, and they rode and handled nice. So I worked on, uh, you know, I remember. Uh, Did you get to meet Johnny Cash? Melissa Manchester, Air Supply. <laughs> remember the awesome. band Air Supply? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't uh, remember them from the time period because we were too young, but the, yeah, the we Everly, didn't know who they are. One of, one of the Everly Brothers bosses. And the Everly brothers, nobody knew this, but they didn't get along with each other. You know, they hated, you know, so they never traveled together. Didn't they one had, of them just die? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. No. But I, were, I remember working on one of those and stuff like that. But, yeah, that was that was. Fun. I, I didn't hear those stories before. I only knew about the uh, Madden Cruiser. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Didn't you get a ride on one of them one time with somebody? Well, when, I worked on the air supply bus in uh, Albany, New York. They were up in Saratoga doing a show. Yeah. So they were heading to Boston. Their next appearance was in Boston. So I said, well, geez, I need to ride on this to make sure it's, you know, running properly. <laughs> so I talked to him and let me ride on it. So I rode, you know, in, in Boston, and I had my camera, and I was trying to take pictures of him. And their body guy was like, no, 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 you're not going to do that. So he uh, he was a big, big guy. So I said, yeah, yes, sir. That's very cool. Yeah, air supply. There was, uh, I couldn't know, tell you one song that air supply sings. Cause no. you, yeah. We have some music fan listeners I know that have that will be mad at us for not knowing. And what but. was the? Um, there was one posted that conversion coach. It was posted to bring a trailer like last week, and they had it written up as a. It was twin charge, but it wasn't turbocharged, and it wasn't. Yeah, it was just supercharged. Yeah, it well, just the bring a trailer ad had it wrong. Yeah, wow, that's rare. They pretty yeah. good about. Uh, well, they, I think they reposted it from the original seller's ad. Maybe they had it wrong. The original seller had it wrong. They did. They yeah. changed it. I don't know if they changed it, but because I 
Because I made a comment about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course you <Yeah>. did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing with bringing a trailer. Usually the commenters will pick stuff out that's wrong Yeah, they definitely will. It's hard to sell a car on there if it's not perfect because yeah. everybody uh, yeah. really kind of... Well, what's happening now is a lot of these people have these older coaches. They were originally seated coaches. We call them seated coaches, you know, for the passenger buses. And now they've been converted to RVs. And these people, you know, and they come on there and they're trying to work on them. I'm like, oh, you know, please, you're going to get hurt. You know, put the tools down, walk away. Call a professional. And, And, you know, you start posting things that you know you know are right but then the, all these other people are out there you know just throwing things out and like mm, oh boy well everything's bigger on them right so it's like yeah well stuff's heavier so we need to get you back out there as a uh like a hired gun or fixing these old well, motorhomes we'll have to show you in the next time you're in the garage don't you have a big uh torsion bar wrench oh i've seen the right torsion bar right it's huge yeah, yeah. It's like eights. comically huge it's, it's <laughs> the one that like it's like a lot drive shaft <laughs> yeah yeah, it's like the one that they jokingly give to like a a model to stand next to a car with. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculously big. Wait, you you mentioned quickly too the um, the bus rodeos. I know you've done a lot of those in the past too, which are was well, those are a cool thing that a lot of people don't know about probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did two of those. Uh, they were well, they had the regionals, and you know you had uh, competitions among other uh, mechanics and technicians. And they had, uh, like, written tests, and then they had a hands-on thing. They People come along, and they, they would plant bugs in the bus, and, you know, we had to go find them. So then I won the regionals. I remember the first one I had to go to Albany, New York, to do, and then one was actually in Salem, uh, where I worked. And then, so I made it to the Nationals, and that was in Nashville, Tennessee. It was the uh, first one in 1994, and the second was 1995. So, you know, we got there, and there was, this, there was this one guy that he kept coming in, you know, all the time, consistently top, you know. And then I came in, and I, I don't want to blow my own home, but I, I blew him out of the water. That's why I brought it up, because I wanted you to toot your own horn. <laughs> he was like, where the heck did this guy come from, you know? But, yeah, Didn't that, they have, like, a driving portion of those, too? Well, it was a tiebreaker. they had a, a tiebreaker. technicality. Oh, yeah, okay. it was a stupid thing, and... Anyway, it was basically a bus autocross, wasn't it? It was a cone course you drive the bus around. Well, that was for the drivers. They had oh, okay. they had that set up for the, a course for the drivers to go, uh, you know, test their driving skills, and they still do that. In fact, the uh, my last job was at the local uh, transit authority in Boston, the T, and uh, they do that every year. They do the rodeo for the drivers, and then they have the mechanics, you know, and they they uh, they set up these. Uh, in, you know, engines and components and stuff, and they put bug, uh, bugs in them, and they have to find them and stuff. And they went to, where'd they go this, this year? I forget, Nevada, I think, and to, to compete, you know. but That's one of those things that somebody who's into cars will see a bus and not even think about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like an outside liar. Like, a car person might look at a 18-wheeler and be like, oh, that thing's awesome. But to look at a bus, and they won't even think of the mechanical aspect of it because it's so far removed from anything that anybody who's into cars knows anything about. And because I grew up across the street from you guys, I had a little bit more interest in buses than maybe most other car people. Um, but it's cool now. Whenever I see an old bus, I get excited and I you know, take a picture of it and yeah. ask Tony what year it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
the car competition, I think back when I was growing up, Chrysler did it. They had they used to have, uh, I forget what they called it. I don't know if they had a specific name for it. But they had uh, competitions where they would take a bunch of cars and put bugs in them, and the, and the technicians would go out there, and they'd have to find the, the bugs and all that, and that was for them. And That's so. something you don't hear about anymore. No, yeah, I, I actually, I was surprised Audi does it for their techs. Oh, they do do it? Do yeah, they? they'll do that's a national, and then they'll do an international. I mean, it's, it sounds like something that's good because the mechanic's going to learn something, and they're going to enjoy it instead of just, all right, I'm going to work on a car again. Like, hey, yeah. I'm really good at this. Here's how I do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that should be something that people, people should do more. Take pride in their work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, well, the but between cars and buses, a bus was the first time I heard of a automatic, like a manual transmission that was automatic, like a twin yeah, clutch man, kind of. A manual valve body kind yeah, of deal. ZF, the ZF transmission? Yeah, ZF. It was a 12-speed. It was actually a manual gearbox, but it was it was run electronically, you know, so there's no clutch pedal. And it was pretty pretty amazing. And there were a lot of bugs that they had to work out. And we used to give the engineers a lot of feedback and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I remember those were pretty interesting. Because um, yeah, you basically ran a manual because it was stronger than automatic for the... Well, they basically uh, wanted to eliminate a lot of the, the uh, friction and, and losses on that to increase the fuel mileage. And this was ZF. There was, you know, German uh, people, and they used to overdo things too. Though they would go, you know, As way most German engineers do. Yeah, yeah. For anybody that works on an Audi or a BMW knows. Yeah. But and then uh, old cars. I always liked old cars. You know, uh, uh, left cars from the 30s, and for some reason. And then um, meeting uh, Brad's father. He was always into old cars. I remember the first time I met him, you know, when, you know, his, he had built this house across the street from me a couple of years before me. So I went up there and I'm, you know, checking out my land and stuff like that. And, and then Bob came over and introduced himself and, and, uh, you know, he brought me over to his garage or us. There was Andrew with us and my friend Lenny and, and, you know, Andrew's mother, my wife. And, uh, Bob was showing us his garage with his collection of cars and he didn't know me, and, uh, you know, so I'm in there, and I'm spouting off all the names of the cars, and, you know, that's a 58 Caddy, and that's a 63 Thunderbird, and he's looking at me like, what? How do you know all this? I said, well, I've been around cars a little bit. So, yeah, we hit it off, and then, you know, then Andrew and Brad hit it off real well, too, so, yeah, it all worked out. Well, to be fair, not right away, because Andrew was a baby. <laughs> yeah, I was real. <laughs> you were two years old. Yeah. Two. You were two <laughs> years old. I'm three years older than Andrew, for those who don't know, so when he was two and I was... um five yeah we didn't, we didn't exactly hang out that much then it was a couple of years later mm-hmm. yeah yeah maybe like five and eight <laughs> we yeah. started hanging out a little more with our pedal cars in the driveway so that brings us to the uh, north shore car club you know which we belong to and and brad's shaking his head <laughs> but no you know we we uh we all belong to that and i i bought the pontiac from uh well, it was your uncle Peter's. Yep, the '65 Pontiac Catalina. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I I bought that in 1999. It's a very, it's a very '90s color. It is a very '90s color. Yeah, it's that uh, Ford uh, Calypso green. Yeah, yeah, big chrome and gorgeous car. You know. Yeah, that was my late uncle Peter's car. Yeah, and uh, convertible. So uh, you know we, um, I have that, and so before we go too off topic, okay, what? Uh, 
what interesting cars have you owned over the years? You don't need to give us a list of every car you've owned because that would be too long, and we don't care about the company cars. Although the Citation was cool, even though it was a terrible car. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are some interesting cars? Some some highlights of your car history in your All right. years of driving. '69 Roadrunner. Is that your first car? Three. No, what no. Was, what was your first car? My first car was uh, my brother and I had the same car. It was a '62 Studebaker. And Studebaker, uh, Studebaker, Lark, a Lark, okay. two door, <laughs> very cool. Um, and probably that, not cool at the time. No, I, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I gotta now, get this, be, now get it would be cool thing. to have it. Now it would yeah, be cool to have yeah. it. I like Larks. And then um, I got there was a the house I grew up in was a three family house. We were renting the third floor to a uh, a school teacher actually in the high school, and he had a '66 Ford. Uh, you know, two-door, three-speed in the column, six-cylinder, no power steering, no power brakes. I think it was like a truck to drive. And uh, he uh, he moved back to Michigan. That's where he was from. So I bought the car from him. And uh, so I had that car. <clears throat> and then I got, a, uh, after that, I bought a 69 Roadrunner. And this was in 1971. So it was used. I bought it from my friend's my friend Lenny. His his family had a used car lot in Salem. Do you remember how much that was? At fifteen hundred bucks, <laughs> fifteen hundred dollars, right? It's a three year old car. Yeah, three eighty three, four speed. Obviously, uh, no power steering, no like power brakes. Forty five, fifty thousand dollar car now. Yeah, like probably. driving a truck, you know. Um, and I had that car until I ordered a brand new uh, Z twenty eight, seventy four. And I had to get rid of the, the Roadrunner, you know. I, I wish I had the hindsight to keep it, but, you know. But if everybody kept their cars back then, they wouldn't be worth what they're worth now anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I had no place to put it in anyway, but so I couldn't give that car away because the, it was in 74, and then we had the gas cr- crunch, and the insurance was high on those cars, and uh, I think I sold a 400 bucks, you oh. know, just coming, you know, so... And I had the Camaro, and then I the seventy four Z twenty eight, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was basically big a bumpers. big bumper car, like a tape stripe option car, right? I deleted the stripes because okay. I, I ordered the car. I wanted, I ordered it. I wanted it the way I wanted. It was like a silvery blue, right? Yeah, it was the uh, uh, the blue, you know, with a black interior console. And my friend Lenny, we keep talking about him. He had an identical car, except his was a column shift. He liked column shifts for some reason, automatic. A column shift Z28? Column shift Z28. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. Was it a bench seat? No. Or still have a console? No, it had buckets. I don't think it had a console. That's so strange. Yeah, it was really weird. Order them any way you wanted back then. He he ordered it, too, that way, you know. And... uh, you know, they both had the same engine. They both had the same transmission, the Turbo Hydro 400s. And uh, so those were, you know, our cars then. And then after that, I had a, I bought a 75 Corvette. I bought that brand new. And I had that a few years. And uh, that met a bad fate, so we won't go there. And then, um, let's see. I met a bad fate that basically says that it's gone now. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's gone. We'll leave it there. It's gone to Corvette heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to track down the the uh, Camaro. Uh, you know, I still, I was going through some paperwork a few months ago, and I found old registrations for it with the VIN. If you have the VIN, you might be able to find it. Yeah. I'd if like it to, still exists. I know. I yeah. know. I'd like to track it down. 74, 5, and 6 Camaros weren't <clears throat> held onto for a long time because they were kind of the... But they're going to go up. 
They, they, well, they are, just the way anything is. The, you know, the car is going to go up. It's never going to be worth as much as a 70 or an yeah. 80, um, but they're going to go up. Um, but they weren't held on to because they had the big aluminum bumpers, and people weren't putting any money into them because for years they just weren't worth it. So right. most of them got used for parts that fit the other cars to restore them, like the doors or yeah. you know other parts. But Well, what I liked about this one, it, it was the last year they had the smaller back window. Right. After that, they had that the big, 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 yeah, that kind of ruined the style. But I was watching an interesting show the other day, uh, Stacy Davis on Gears, and he, he had a 81 Camaro. And, you know, you never realize it, but the bodies were all the same. Identical. Identical. Yeah. And, then, you know, and then he he took the front end off and he put the, the nose of a uh, split bumper. Like a 70? 70, yeah. And they backdated it. And, uh, oh, it came out nice. It looked nice. But I had a big back window. It had the big back window. Yeah. yeah, still had the big. And then the, the next show he was going to do was going to be he was going to do something with the rear end. But I, I didn't. I even catch the. I haven't caught the uh, the next show, or I don't even know if it came out or not. Yeah, those those Camaros from 1970 to 1982 were pretty much pretty much the same car. There was some slight sheet metal stamping differently, but you know, basically the quarter panel on the door and the roof line was all very similar. Right? Yeah, because in '83 was the new third gen. Yeah, '83 was the third gen. Yeah. I went to a car show. Uh, well, we went, uh, Brad and his father went also uh, a couple weeks ago, and I saw a uh, beautiful 55 Chevy. I always liked the 55s, 6 and 7s. Well, mostly the 55 and 7. I kind of didn't like the 6s. But anyway, this car. It's funny because the 6 is my favorite. Really, this thing really caught my eye. It was like beautiful, uh, like a copper uh, per, uh, metallic and with a white silvery top. And I'm looking at this thing. This thing was gorgeous. The guy had an LS3 in it, uh, you know, and a modern automatic and nice interior, big plush Cadillac seats and all that. And I'm looking at it. And uh, this guy's sitting with him. He goes, you know, it was a two-door pillar. If, you know, guys know that. It's a, it was a, uh, so it was, it was a post. And, a, you know, it was a two-door. Right, it's a two-door, but it has a post almost like where the post would be on a four-door. Right, right. So, that, so that's not a hard top. That's a sedan. Yeah, it's a two-door sedan. Two-door sedan, yeah. right. The hard top would have had, well, they didn't have hard tops in 55. They just started them in 56. That was when you roll the windows down on a four-door. There was no post. And it was all open. Yeah, so that was a hard top. So anyway, this guy, his, his friend says, yeah, this car started out life as a four-door. I'm like, what? I couldn't believe it. And the guy showed me pictures, and uh, this guy actually, he got, Two doors from a two-door car and put them on. We, you know, move the post over. New quarter panels. The roof was identical. It did a gorgeous job, though. I was like really impressed and really nice. Yeah, because the the basic of the car is the same. Just the quarters are different. And the roof is different. So if you have the donor parts, you can make. It. I guess it's worth more as a two-door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it looks you know it's better appealing. And then I'm thinking. Boy, you know how many four doors I I had the opportunity to buy, and I turned them down because I didn't want a four door. You know, now I'm like, oh man, I could have done that. So yeah, but at the same time, it was a lot of work. Yeah, I know, a lot of work and money. Yeah, that car, that car had to be a, a probably a hundred grand car. It was it was really really nice, but it really impressed me. You know, what you do is you buy those after somebody's already done it. Yeah, <laughs> by the by the done project. Yeah, because then they they always lose money on those. Right, right. When the guy, you know, either passes away or <laughs> gets sick of it. Yeah. But let's see what else. Um, Andrew, do you have any more questions for your father while we're going on? I don't know. Do Do you remember how many engines maybe you've rebuilt? 
don't know, probably, I don't know, I'm guessing, I don't know, around 50. Depends on, you know, the, from the diesels all the way up to, you know, down to car engines and stuff like that, you know. I was, uh, you know, did stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, we're doing stuff now, too. Yeah. Um, obviously, and, you know, that's uh, what we like to do. We have a lot of head gaskets to do now, unfortunately. I know. It's like head gasket summer for us. Well, no, like, uh, yeah, like the universe is like, oh, you guys apparently like taking the heads off engines, so here's some more. Really? I don't, I don't know well, if you've heard of the oh, recent one we have to do. So no. uh, Jordan's friend uh, owns an MG, and it uh, apparently it wouldn't start the other day, but then they were looking down the oil cap, and it had coolant in it. Uh-oh. So. Huh. It's an MG midget, though. It's a tiny little motor. It should be easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's looking at me like, oh, boy. All right. No, it should just come off. With love. I think there's like four head bolts in that thing. There's not very many at all. It's not even a... It should a, be a pretty simple. It's a cam and block. It's not even a... Yeah. Yeah, it's wicked old school. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that'll but, be all right. But she wants to take it apart, so we'll just yeah. stand there and yeah. make sure she doesn't... She bought the car to learn how to wrench, yeah. so we'll certainly uh, we'll help her along without getting too involved, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, huh. maybe we'll have it being done on the side while we put something else together. Yeah. But yeah, that should be interesting. I've never worked on an old... Um, British motor before. So, I mean, they're pretty antiquated. So, it'd be kind of interesting to see how antiquated they are because they're little, they're four cylinder pushrod motors. They're not tractor motors. Yeah. They're not overhead cam stuff no. like we're used to. They're very industrial. Well, the only thing with those is uh, when you do get the heads off, you should have the uh, valve seats. Uh, oh, hardened? Hard, yeah. yeah. The, you know, it may have already been done because this motor was done once before. Really? Yeah, the car was restored before. Yeah, because yeah. with, with non-linted gas, you need uh, hardened seats on the exhaust, you know. Yeah, we did that when we did the Camaro heads, we did that. Oh, okay. Remember we did the Camaro heads yeah. when the timing, yeah, the timing, timing chain. chain snapped? Yeah, yeah, we did that. Yeah, well, we had the um, I had the motor done, the, yeah. the heads done by the machine shop, and I had them put the hardened seats in. So it, oh, yeah, you have the, um, uh, you know, fix that oil line in that thing, too. I did. And you know you know what that part costs? How much did that cost? Six dollars. Yeah. I parked the car over a six dollar part. What was the part you needed? The line? It's the line for the mechanical oil gauge. Right, right. So that's all it was. Yeah, good. Where I did... thought it was something worse than that, but it's not. Where did you get the line? I haven't ordered it yet. Oh. But they have it at um uh year one. Yeah. So oh, sure. you gotta yeah. make it for that thing. Yeah, they make everything <laughs> for the Camaro, so yeah. you can buy a body and oh. white for that car. And it's the same yeah, you can actually. Uh, and it's the same line as like the Chevelle and the Camaro and the Cor- anything any GM that had the mechanical gauge. Is it I, mm. is it like an upgraded version of it? They do. Yeah, it's a newer material, so it'll last you know forever. <laughs> Another fifty years. Yeah, well, it's sixty eight and hasn't broken before. So yeah, it was a kind of a crazy idea where they ran a line from the engine of all hot into- oil into the interior of the car right next to your legs. I yeah, guess if you don't have the. I don't know. Did they not have a miniature electronics for that for a sender? Well, they could have done electronic gauges back then. They had electronic gauges. Yeah. They just probably didn't fit the cost-profit yeah. analysis. Yeah. And they're like, well, rather than run a whole new wiring harness for these cars, we'll just run a tube of hot oil into the passenger compartment. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll break and it'll spray oil, oil all over the place. Yeah. I'm just glad when it broke, it broke on the exterior of the car. So it was under the hood. It wasn't in the cabin of the car. And it wasn't like when I was going somewhere with my wife or daughter. Yeah, so it didn't like break in the car all over my kid or my wife's legs. <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or like on the exhaust manifold. <laughs> well, it was spraying on the exhaust. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's why it was smoking so much. Oh. 
Yeah, it was. You know, it was the universe said something that day because it literally fell apart in my drive in the in my father's driveway where the car was stored in his garage. You're so, lucky. Oh, very lucky, because that could have been a pain in the butt. Mm. So, but it wasn't. So, I just got to do it. I'm sure it's a pain to do it because I pull the console apart, but it shouldn't be too bad, I guess. Like four screws. It really is four screws, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure I can probably just tie it to the end of the old one and pull it through the firewall. Yeah. So it shouldn't be too bad to do, but... What does it hook into, though? Like the head or something? Yeah. So well, a little fitting right the, below the manifold. The back of the block. Yeah. Uh, the rear of the block. Right mm-hmm. behind the uh, where the intake manifold is. <laughs> yeah. So you went over your list of cars that you've owned that are interesting, but what you conveniently left off the list is... For some reason, all these interesting cars that you've ever had, later on in your life, when you had Andrew, you owned Volvos. Oh. And for some reason, those are what stuck in Andrew's head and made Andrew a Volvo Mitsubishi guy. I still want a 242. So Andrew remembers most fondly your silver 242 Turbo. Yes. Yeah. Well, before that, I I bought a used uh, 72 240. Which is also amazingly cool. Yeah, 240. Yeah, it was a four-door. That was the yellow car? Yeah, 244. Yeah, the yellow car. My grandfather ended up and, with. Yeah. Uh, it was in real good shape. I drove that a long, long that? time. And then when I got out of school, my wife and I drove it across country. We took a trip and uh, drove that. It ran flawlessly. Never skipped a beat. And uh, then in that was in 1980. Didn't you, I remember you saying, didn't you have to buy, like, chains because you were going over Donner Pass? No. No? No, we didn't. No, because we... We didn't know that was not us. No, no. Oh. Um, we went up, you know, some pretty good altitude though, and it yeah. ran good. And we went all the way to California. Yeah. Uh, she had a cousin living out there. We ended up out there, you know, for a few days, and I changed the oil out there, and then we drove it back. We went to Vegas, and you know, cross country. You know, it was, we took a month off, and then you know, we drove it, and like I said, it ran perfectly. Hmm. Um, and then in 1981. I, we bought a brand new uh, turbo, the 240 turbo. Yeah, the silver one, two, silver 240 one, yeah. turbo. Yeah, the, I remember that car from two door, four four youth. speed. Well, four speed with an overdrive. Yeah, the electric turbocharge. Yeah, electric overdrive. That was a beautiful car, and uh, I wish I still had that car today. You know, and for some reason we, we you know, we sold it, which <laughs> big mistake. Well, no, you're buying the house, or you're building the house. Yeah, we were already in the house, but, you know, I don't know. I can't remember. And then your mother had a Sunbug when I met her, a 74 Sunbug. Yeah. And uh, we had that for a while. I, I, you know, I took that apart and had it repainted. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just trying to relay something to Andrew. Oh. And um, I remember having that repainted, and uh, we drove that for, you know, and then she sold that. And uh, that was a mistake. She wishes she still had that again today. I know she wants a Beetle. Yeah, yeah. she wants a convertible, you know. Not, other than the Miata, she wants a Beetle convertible. Yeah. <laughs> not old Beetle. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. a new Beetle, that, an old Beetle. Right, right, right. Well, there's someone we know that, that has a car like that. He's in, you know, we, we all know him. Yep. And I'll I'll ask him someday and, you know. You know. He's been off and on thinking about selling it, I think. So. Has he? Yeah, it needs some work. You know, I've seen it. It's a little little rough around the edges, but... It's nothing, a good driver. Nothing we can handle. Yeah, mechanically, it runs. That's all you need is something that runs decent. Yeah. I think it's a type... Uh, a, um, 
what was it, Type 2 or a Super Beetle, Super Beetle. Yeah, the curved windshield, curved windshield, and uh, so it had the uh, struts in the front and, uh, a, you know, power blower motor for the defroster. I remember those about the uh, Super Beetles. They, went, they were a little bit better. So anyway, yeah, because they, they had the strut suspension versus a little more modern yeah. versus the torsion bars, torsion bars. Yeah, yeah. speaking uh, depends of, on who you talk to. Some people don't like them. Speaking of Volkswagen, your friend Magellan, remember him bringing over that? Uh, yeah, we talked about that last week in the podcast. Yeah, we couldn't find we the talked about losing wrench. the thirteen millimeter wrench in the heater channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that, yeah. that got me upset. Uh, oh, I saw Ken the other day. He's helping that guy out. He lives near here, restoring that. Yep. Uh, Beetle, and then he's got yeah. a bunch of the buses. The painted bus yeah. guy, yeah. He's I call him the hippie kid. Yeah. He's, he's which, big... which is something somebody your age should call somebody like him. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that does not know who we're talking about, we're talking about painted bus artworks. Yes. Um, definitely give him a plug here because he's amazing. Um, his name is Ken, and he his entire career is pretty much driving around the country in his volkswagen microbus and painting other volkswagen microbuses and murals and advertising and all old school style hand painting we did your guest book for your wedding yeah the guest book for my wedding was a um <laughs> a rear engine cover from a early 70s beetle yeah um that he painted a mural in the middle of and all of my friends signed and then he wired up uh he LED wired lights up LED lights underneath the, the license plate, license plate yeah. holder so that it lit up the painting they did below it. I'll, I'll take a picture of that and post it on the website. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, a, it's yeah, it's very cool. And obviously, you know, my wedding is going to have some kind of a car theme at some point. Yeah, even yeah. it wasn't all a car wedding. Oh, I forgot about uh, Joey's motorcycle, the Honda he built, the cafe oh, yeah. racer. Oh, yeah, that's another one you worked on. Oh, you almost yeah. did a lot of the work on with Joey. Yeah, we assembled we assembled the engine together, and I did the electrical work on it. He. He came up with the design and all the styling, and then him and his brother did the work. It, you know, come out really, really nice. Yeah, that bike you know, actually got pretty internet famous, I guess you could call it. If you Google uh, Joe's Lucky 13 Cafe Racer, yeah, you'll find like my, seven or eight different articles about that yeah, particular motorcycle. My pictures, actually. Yeah, all Andrew's pictures, yeah. a lot of times used without permission, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. They are up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I actually that was the first sale for um, the Vintage Imports of New England. Actually, was his motorcycle. Yes. Hmm. So uh, that bike is riding around Miami now. Yeah, yeah. So. Joe, he's he's very talented, and you know he he's very meticulous when he does things, and you know, and can, then he gets rid of him. He can be stubborn <laughs> sometimes, but you know, but so can you. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, anyway, so what else? I think that's so, it. Yeah, I don't have much else for it. About an hour. I mean, they'll, they'll, be, too long. they'll be. They'll uh, be. You, you, you'll be on again, and we'll we'll delve deeper into, you know, individual stories about whether it be uh, East Coast Aerotech or you know the North Shore Car Club. You can talk about more if you wanted to, or any of the stuff that you've been involved in in cars over the years. Well, you know, I'm thinking too. We, we can, kind of touched a little bit on everything today. You yeah, know? we can we can talk about you know. Technical things we run into and, and stuff like that, and I don't know. Yeah, because one of the things that Tony does actually for uh, the North Shore Car Club is he hosts and helps with a lot of, they have the uh, monthly tech days. Tech meets, yeah. Yeah, tech meets, excuse me, uh-huh. where they have a host is usually uh, somebody in the North Shore Car Club, um, which is a, a big New England, you know, or North Shore of Massachusetts, old car club, uh, antique car club. They have a tech tech meet where... They host it at one of the members' garages, and they pick one subject, and they sit down and do a presentation, and um, and Tony's are always the most technical. Well, I set up uh, PowerPoint presentations. Yeah, PowerPoint and presentations and visuals. I, and I find videos on YouTube. 
and, uh, you know, show them. And, you know, I try and make it like a, yeah, sometimes a class, sometimes an entertaining thing. And this, this, we got one coming up this Sunday. As a matter of fact, we're going to, we're going to talk about uh, electric cars, Teslas, even though they're not old cars, we're, well, are you bring anything of the early history of electric cars into yeah. it? Yeah. Like the first cars were electric cars? <laughs> yeah. Well, what we're going to do is uh, the next tech meet after that is at uh, your father and mine, Belt Place. We're going to host it. And I'm going to find a I, – I have a bunch of videos I found. I'm going to show the videos. It's kind of a backwards thing. I wish we could do it the other way around, but we you know, we have no choice. But um, this guy's going to come in. He's going to bring a Tesla. He's going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm – I'm going to pounce on him with all kinds of questions. Um, I have a friend. Actually, the podcast has a friend who has an electric, a vintage electric car. Really? Um, back in the mid-'70s, there was a company that bought Renault cars. Yeah. Uh, and they turned them into electric leopards. Hmm. So I still had the Lacar, but it was the leopard, a leopard. I think that was how it was spelled. Yeah. It wasn't spelled leopard. It was spelled something like the L-E was, you know, accentuated because of the Lacar part of it. Le- but, yeah. Leopard, but um, he has one of those. Um, it doesn't run, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd say he bring it over the show. But <laughs> he's always looking for advice on how to make that thing viable to use now, because he has the car and it only has like seventeen thousand miles on it or something. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to figure out battery technology to use the old motor in the car, but not have thirty miles of range. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ed China did one on uh, Willie Dealers. Uh, oh, yeah, the Maserati. Was it a Maserati? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they went to like... Uh, well, they went to EV West. EV West, which right, is which huge our, money. Our friend contacted EV West with yeah. his Leopard, yeah. uh, and they gave him a quote of the phone of like $39,000. Yeah. And he was like, and uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you want to play, you got to pay. Yeah, that was a bit much, though. There's got to be, yeah. be some other kind of battery technology you can yeah. buy and do yourself to run the old-style electric motor on without doing the full EV conversion. Because what they were basically doing was taking it like it was never an electric car and putting all their yeah. new components into it, which is why it was so expensive. Yeah. But that's another topic for another day. I just thought it was interesting to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we can you know talk about uh, later on You know, different car shows we, we like and don't like and critique them and, and oh yeah absolutely you know, youtube we love, we love doing that youtube videos we, we have we have lots of opinions as our listeners know yes yes That's why they listen to us yeah mm-hmm. but you know like we got to be careful but no we don't no it's our show nobody's paying us anything no nope. we can say whatever we want no, you can if All somebody's right. upset they just don't listen yeah or and they make they, their own <laughs> your ratings go down <laughs> no just if, and if they do they do i will never lie or yeah. say yeah. a false statement just to keep somebody happy yeah. right right even if they pay the bills that's good so we're, we're, we're not sellouts here at auto off topic no yeah so yeah that's good yeah thank you for coming tony that was yeah. that was good and like i said we'll definitely have you back well thank you for having me like i said i uh i you know i really enjoy having you guys around and and you know well that's good because like, we're not going anywhere because <laughs> you know <laughs> Even though I'm not doing this stuff a lot myself, you know, you guys are kind of an extension of me. When you do this, you know, I tell you, okay, this is what we got to do, and you guys do it. And, uh, you know, I like I like doing that, and, uh, you know, it's very rewarding to me. And it's rewarding so. to us because our cars run. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Andrew makes fun of me every week on the show for having a bunch of cars that don't run. Yeah. Um, it's not Tony's fault. It's my fault for not having enough time to spend in Tony's garage. <laughs> it's basically what it is. Yeah, 
not enough time, not enough money. Yeah, we're trying to get other things accomplished right now, too, so. Unfortunately, real life gets in the way of car life sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we'll get through it all. They'll get there. We'll get through it all. But anyway, thank you for coming. Thank you for Thanks. having us in the garage. Thank you for moving across the street from my father so that, you know, I have this lifelong friendship with Andrew and you by proxy. Yep. yep. And uh, keep helping us out. I appreciate it. Yep. Do you have any um, anything that you want to, to, to plug to the audience? I know you're not a social media guy. You don't no. have like an Instagram account, but do you have no. anything you want you can, to bring up? Or I mean, you can you can find my dad through probably if you know my Facebook, you can probably find my dad if right. you want if you really want to friend him. He'll, yeah, he'll I'm be, on I'm on Facebook. He'll be yeah. friends with you on Facebook. You can, you can find yeah, you can friend me on Facebook. And he'll answer car questions all day long. Well, we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> no free advice though. No free advice. Well, so uh, you can follow the show Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook. You can follow on Instagram, Auto Off Topic. You can follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. Uh, you can follow Enzo, who's been very quiet tonight, actually. Yeah, very quiet. He is Cuddle Buddy Enzo on Instagram. He did grab my hand with his paw and scratch it a little earlier Oh, today. he did? Yes. Just wanted attention. Yeah, that's what it was. So now he's laying over there like, oh, you talking about me? Um, my Instagram is TSISS350. Yep. Uh, not TSIS350, as it was pronounced on a different podcast, in which I asked a question last week. Um, my company, Vintage Imports of New England, uh, has a website, vintageimportsofne.com. Our Instagram is Vintage Imports New England. Our Facebook is the same. Um, and as I've plugged the last few weeks, it's also now available in paperback. My wife wrote her children's book, Yankee the Fish. Uh Um, you can download it over your Kindle or on Amazon, or you can buy the paperback version of it for like eight bucks. Uh, it's a very cute little kid. She also book. has a novel. She does have a novel, yes, yep. as well, which is not a kid's book. The adult, um, adult, not adult novel. That, I use that term, right? Adult novel? I think so. All right. It's not like a dirty adult novel. It's no. like an adult novel, like a novel for adults. Yeah. She has a kid's book and a book for adults. Yeah. So uh, her her author name is D.A. Flanagan. Yes. Uh, with no repeating letters, so F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. Yeah. Um, and it's Yankee the Fish is the children's book. And Maddox Pike is the adult book. All right, so great. buy those books on Amazon. Thanks for listening. It. Keep your cars analog.